Jody Smith, Land Commissioner for the Department of Trust Lands. Thank you very much for joining us here today on The Crude Life. And boy, I tell you, this is a interesting time. So I, I appreciate you coming on because uh, I'm so inundated with emails and different news stories every day. In fact, you know, Wyoming just went down to zero rigs and North Dakota is doing this and that and the Permian is doing this and Jerry Jones is buying East Texas. And so it's been just all kinds of stuff. And then I've been trying to keep my business afloat. So I've been traveling, doing these social distancing, live recording events, you know, trying to get some momentum going, everything. And here I see this news story pop up again, which I thought was settled the last time we talked, but apparently it wasn't. So I'm not paying attention what's going on. So Jody Smith, thank you for joining us today and updating, uh, just updating me on what the heck's going on. So, um, Talk to me about just kind of the summarization, how we kind of got to where we're at. and Because I see that there's a news story percolating around now that these uh, there's a number of oil and gas companies that are delinquent or are behind on paying a right. bill that's tied to the education or something? That's correct. So I think uh, probably about February or March, there's a, quite a bit of media around um, the Newfield lawsuit and the decision that the Supreme Court had made. And we had made a formal request of the operators to get into compliance with the state. We gave them uh, opportunity to come in. We'd waive the penalties and drop the interest down to the lowest amount statutorily that I can offer. Um, then COVID hit, right? And then the, kind of the bottom fell out underneath just about everybody. And we extended that opportunity beyond the 90 days we had originally offered. So our hope and goal is then by September 30th, the majority of those companies are either in some sincere conversations with the department um, or have come into compliance. So since, you know, we originally sent that article out, we've had eight operators come into compliance with the state. We have a half a dozen others that are really um, in some serious conversations with us to get into compliance. And so that's, that's the good news. The other side of that is we do have... Um, I believe it's three operators who are on that original list that are now in bankruptcy court. And so, you know, whether or not we'll receive repayment will be up to the courts to determine. And then we also have a handful of other operators that just have not been in communication with the department at this point. Some recent articles have also come out um, or have been on the news I've seen in regards to the oil. So the new field is attached to the gas. And we also have the oil side, and there's litigation surrounding that. Uh, Continental brought litigation against the state as it relates to deductions they've been taking um, for transportation costs for both oil and gas. So, again, Newfield's just gas, Continental's oil and gas, and we have 11 operators out, and then Newfield, I mean, Continental, so would be 12 in total, um, that are out of compliance as it relates to the oil deduction. So, it. You know, it's kind of still going through the courts a little bit. When the Supreme Court um, issues an opinion, they push it back down to the district court. The district court at that point, I believe it was in March, um, said there's a few clarifying points that uh, Judge Schmidt would like to see issued back to them. We don't have a court date until October of 2021. Um, and that's part of the challenging part as well. So uh, just, again, trying to work with those operators and ensure by that point in time they're in compliance with the state. One of the messages we've always tried to convey to them is, you know, if things were to go through the courts and it's ever found that there was an overpayment to the state, um, we do refund money. And so uh, this happens on a regular occasion in our department several times a month, whether it be because they overpaid their royalties. Maybe there needs to be an acreage adjustment. One of their land surveyors went out there, said they 
thought they leased for five acres more than they were supposed to or whatnot, and we'll refund that bonus and royalty payment to them. So it's not a difficult process for us, and, and it happens regularly. But in the interim, until we get to that point, that, that penalty and interest is accruing. And so that's always our encouragement is to, to work with us and find a solution. Well, that's kind of what I'm reading here in the news story. And I got the press releases from the Petroleum Council and some of the statements, I guess. And um, the unsettled law and the clarification, I mean, you kind of touched on that. So there are, there's, are the lawsuits tied to this or is it a third party tied to it, I guess? Um, well, for that particular one, um, so for Newfield, again, we're just waiting for the judge to look at some clarifying factors that she felt needed to be looked at in court. And so, again, if you ask Newfield, I'm, I'm sure that they would have a, a different interpretation than we would. And so, um, but with Continental, then that litigation is on a stay. It's never gone to court. That was brought against us in December of 17. And so we're coming up on the three-year mark, and we've never even been to district court because um, that's been on a stay waiting for a new field decision to be finalized. And so if we need to wait until, let's say, October of 2021, we go to court, maybe we get a, a court decision by December of 2021, and then you have to find a court date. That means we'll, we'll wait probably six years before we even see the light of court on the Continental case. And then it needs to go through the whole system. So it just ends up being another one of those lawsuits that takes a decade to get through through the court system with the state. What's being said about the bankruptcy side of things? Mm-hmm. Um, I know you you mentioned that you you know that you got to wait to see how it plays out. But is there any historicals there um, with if a company goes bankrupt, whether you guys get paid or not? Because that is a serious and a, and a realistic yep. uh, thing right now. And especially if you start talking about six to eight years out, who knows right. what could happen then? I mean, who would have foresaw Whiting declaring bankruptcy right. and, and that sort of thing? So, And does that work if, if, if a company declares bankruptcy and they're still in business? Do they pay you? They do. And so, so far, I mean, there's two bankruptcy types, and I'm going to put this as a caveat. I am not an attorney, and the knowledge base that I have is not around bankruptcies. Uh, I've actually had to learn by fire here pretty quickly since, uh, you know, since about mid-March and COVID hitting and everything. But, you know, there's two types. There's the Chapter 7 where they're just going to dissolve the company, and it's just going to go away. And then there's the Chapter 11, and thus far, all the bankruptcies that have come across my desk have been Chapter 11 bankruptcies. And that means they're going to continue their day-to-day operation. So, for example, um, Whiting right now is in bankruptcy court. They're still operating in the state, and they're still paying their royalties to us. So um, they allow them those day-to-day. They allow those royalties to flow through. Uh, but we know that, you know, they're, they're on the list where they, we deem them to owe the state some funds. And so we need to submit what's called a proof of claim to the court, and then the court will determine whether or not we receive those funds from them. So anybody who's on that list um, owing money to the state, if they go bankrupt, we will go to the courts and request that that, those monies be repaid. The schools keep coming up. How does this money go to the schools? what, What is it used for within the schools? Talk to me about why the schools keep coming up. Um, Well, all the funds that we receive off our royalties, I shouldn't say all the funds, the majority of the funds go to our permanent trust fund, with the majority of that going to the Common Schools Trust Fund. Um, Anything on the river, and that might be another day for another conversation, 
because that lawsuit just came out of the Supreme Court last week as well. That goes in the Strategic Investment Improvement Fund, and those funds go to fund highways, schools, hospitals, and such, whatever the Legislative Assembly determines it should go to. Um, but the majority of the funds that we collect here go to pay for education in the state, and most of those funds go in the Common Schools Trust Fund. So this upcoming year, we pay for $1,500 of the $10,000 it costs for every child to go to public school in the state of North Dakota. And while them not paying this doesn't decrease the amount, it certainly doesn't allow me to increase the amount that we distribute to help offset the cost of kids going to school. So there's a huge, huge impact across the state, um, especially in these times where schools are struggling, they don't have enough funding. You know, we hear regularly we need to pay our teachers more. Maybe we have buildings that need to be rebuilt. Um, if we can't issue more funds out of our department, it becomes just a little bit more challenging for the state to support that. Uh, we also have funds in a lot of times people forget, you know, we have a trust fund that funds UND, NDSU, Minot State College. Um, they also depend on these funds coming into us so that we can issue funds, distribute those funds out to them on an annual basis to help help offset the cost of, you know, the, the college education in the state. So, uh, Reading the comment by Ron Ness uh, about, you know, clarification and unsettled law, but he also mentioned at the end of the day, state schools lands benefits by producing more oil and getting a higher price for it. Um, I guess I'm not really sure what he means by that. Um, do you understand that completely? I mean, I, I, I guess I know a little bit in theory, but um, I, I, I guess, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. I think, and again, not to put words in Ron's mouth, um, I think what he's going at is that the state was giving sections of land upon statehood, and any resource that comes off that, like oil, um, if 10% of that tax then goes into the common schools trust fund. So if 10% is greater if you're paying $60 per barrel versus $20 per barrel. Mm -hmm. And so on top of the royalties and bonus, the common schools trust fund gets um, some of that, that tax revenue that comes off of that. And so it's always our goal, you know, to get as much money in and as much revenue for those trusts. Um, it just can't be at the expense of it on the back end. It's not an either or to us. It's an and to us. Um, I think I mentioned on a show, you know, earlier this year, you know, these, these contractual obligations are in their contracts. And when they signed up, they knew it was in their contracts. And a lot of other operators are able to pay us for our interpretation of the contract. So we certainly know that it's possible. Um, operators come in and out of compliance with the state all the time. That's why I have a, a team of auditors sitting in my basement in my building. Um, and we no regularly notify them, hey, we see on your royalty report, you know, you didn't pay this or you deducted that and you shouldn't have. We communicate with them. They pay us. And so it's a constant conversation for us to have with these operators. So we're just kind of hoping that, you know, the ones that are still compliance are willing to pick up the phone or send us an email and have that conversation about their ability to repay. We know a lot of operators are going through a difficult time right now, and we're willing to work with them through that difficult time to ensure, you know, while we are doing our job and ensuring that we have funding available for education here, um, they're able to continue to do their job. So, so okay, that's where the confusion on my part came in then. This is... I, I, I was going to say, isn't this just retro? Like, hasn't the price already came and gone? Correct. So, um, so, so what he's saying that, is it's an either or then is what your interpretation yep. is, that they're, yeah. they're 
protesting the the tax or the fee or the royalty, and they're willing to work with it going forward, but everything from before, get rid of it or we'll take it to court. Is that kind of what, am I interpreting that right? Maybe. I mean, I mean I'm trying to figure this out. Some of them have asked us if we would just uh, make it applicable going forward. Um, okay, so there are some, some, them, some are saying that. Okay. Some of them are requesting that. I mean, again, I have a... Well, it's a protest. I, no, I, I, yeah, I, I, um, especially against the government. I get that. I'm, I'm the yeah. first one to do that. So. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm just trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Well, here, here's what I'm seeing is that, listen, Jody, you know as well as I do, you leave the bubble of North Dakota and you leave the bubble of Weld County, Colorado and Texas and oil and gas has to take their, their slings of arrows and, and daggers. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I got, I got shamed the other day at the grocery store, you know, being a killing babies of tomorrow's generation because I work in oil and gas. So when I start seeing the word education and kids come right. up in news stories and I start to see now they're listing the company's names in news yeah. stories before it was a link. Before you had to yep. do a little bit of work to find out who the companies were. Um, and now it's just, okay, here's who they are. So I see where right. this is going. So so some people are saying it's a protest tax. Some people are saying, all right, cut us a deal. Let's let's figure out a way to work with it. Some are going in bankrupt. Okay. What else yep. we got? What else are we dealing with here? You know, um, what's interesting is I did get, you know, you can always submit a comment to us, whether you want to tell me who you are or do it anonymous. And we just finished a lease here on the 4th, so just this week, and we auctioned off 288 tracks. And so that tells me there's still interest out there. There's still genuine interest out there in the oil here in North Dakota. Um, and understanding and knowing some of the nuances of, of working up here and being in the oil play up here. Um, but I did have a constituent then, and I've heard this, you know, as a, out in the community of if they're out of compliance with the state, why are you still leasing to them? Right? Yeah. And so we get that side as well of going, hey, you made a promise to us when you came into our great state to do business. Well, and I don't see yeah. that it's anti-energy, and I've had that shouted at me too, of, you know, you're not being pro-business. I'm not, not pro-business. I'm just pro-North Dakota. And my job is, is when you come in here and you sign off on a contractual obligation that you adhere to that promise you made to us. And that promise is that you're going to help us fund education long after you're here. Because at some point, the Bach and play will not be here. But we will always have the need to fund education in the state. And my job is to make sure we have the funding available to do that. So what are these companies supposed to do then? The ones who, you know, the, the companies that are on there, they're getting the letters. I imagine their attorneys are working with your attorneys um, you know, what, what are the next steps that, you know, either the, 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 the public should expect or that the expectation is for these oil and gas companies? Because I get it. You know, there's a lot of different interpretations of what's going on right now. And this is your platform to give your interpretation of what you think should be next, whether people agree with it or not, you're still the state, you know, and I've tried to take right. on, hey, I've tried to take on the king many times, and I lose every time. So, um, you know, really for us, what's most important to us is that the operators communicate with us. Um, and again, this happens all the time um, where somebody might need an exception here or there, and you just you have to ask us. Um, I think what can be the most frustrating is we have some pretty obstinate operators who are 
refusing to communicate with any of my team members or myself about this. And again, we know operators can do this. We're willing to help. We're willing to help them, you know, get the right information and get the right data and, and find the right result. And we're willing to work with the board to make sure, you know, what we are accepting and receiving is what is due to the state and due to those trusts. And so, and nothing more. And again, if we're ever found an error of taking more than we deserve, we refund it. And I think that's kind of proven in that SORM lawsuit that was just decided on last week. You know, the state many years ago leased up to a line that was, you know, higher than the new line has determined. And so we have about $230 million sitting in the bank that I'm starting, I'm getting ready to release back to the operators and back to the private mineral owners. And so that's, it's just, it's part of the business that we do here. And so hopefully those operators will recognize that and, and continue to be good partners with us and get into compliance. I don't know if you know the answer to this question because you're, yeah. I, I think there's probably some speculation behind this question, but I, I, I'm, I'm a journalist and I've actually won awards uh, nationwide. So it, I kind of feel like I know what I'm doing, but is this, is, is, is part of the resistance on this? Are, are you, is the state, not you, because that's not fair, mm-hmm. is the state going to set some sort of precedent that's going to have a ripple into other cases or that's going to cost the industry millions and millions of dollars because it just seems like, it just seems like there's something more to this than, than, I'm, than I'm sniffing you know, out? We don't, we, don't, we don't really know. Like, okay. I can say that. I don't really know that. I know when the decision came down for Newfield, um, I received open records requests from attorneys from across the nation that have never been in communication with me before. How that relates to their precedent in other parts of the country, I'm not sure. I do know, though, kind of going into this case, and, you know, Lawrence Bender was uh, their attorney on this one, and I highly high regards for Lawrence and the work that he does. Um, there wasn't a ton of case law out there, right, because – if you have these royalties and the deductions that they're taking for the royalties, this had to have been um, decided before. And, you know, we've only been drilling oil out of the ground up here since about the 50s, right? And so there just there wasn't a lot. It's not like water law and you have 130 years worth of case law to base this off of. So it's very possible that this could be case law that's used across the nation. Um, certainly wasn't our intention as we went into it, but they may have a, a better perspective on that and some of the dealings that they're having across the nation. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it just seems like there's a little bit more to it, you know, than than what what I'm seeing, what I'm what I'm missing, because right. it's you know, I mean the oil and gas companies are used to paying fines and, and, and fees right. and, and all kinds of different things. But this one just seems like there's a little more resistance and there's different pockets of resistance uh-huh. and in some and areas, I always, like I said, a flat-out protest. Just, nope. <laughs> I love and, it. Yeah, and I always tell people, um, because a lot of private mineral owners will call our department and ask us questions about that. So really, you know, watch your lease. Like, look at your lease. See what it says. Our lease is just very specific on when you're allowed to take those deductions and when you're not. And is the sale at an arm's length transaction or is it at the wellhead? And it's Typically for the state, it's a, our lease is much different than the private mineral owners. And so, you know, again, when those private mineral owners come to me and they may be frustrated with their operator or something, you know, that's where I encourage them, you know, get a hold of an attorney. Don't sign a contract unless you have legal counsel on it. And that's where I'm seeing more of the pressure coming from our private mineral owners than maybe across the nation. But that might just be due to the fact that they're, they're private mineral owners here in the state of North Dakota. But 
Um, I know other state land departments, as we kind of step through all this, we're watching it very closely along with some of our other lawsuits because since I've been here, um, we've taken on some pretty significant lawsuits. And they are recognized kind of nationwide in, in how they've been um, used for case law. And so I think Newfield may just be one of them. Hmm. Well, how can um, uh, people who are outstanding, I guess, uh, do they, I suppose they know how to contact you and, and everything along those lines, but so I guess that, that's us. not needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they know how to find us. Um, and you know, always feel free to contact myself and, you know, they know how to find my revenue compliance team or look us up on the website. Um, you know, one of our biggest struggles right now has been that some of these companies, the individuals that we used to contact may no longer be there. Um, a lot of them live in larger areas, larger metropolis areas, and maybe they're working from home. There's a delay in communication and stuff. So those are things we're all willing to work with um, on a day-to-day basis. And so we just really encourage them to pick up the phone and, and have the conversation. So 